Well, good morning, everyone, here on the second Sunday of Advent 2020. Uh, I'm noticing there's a slight reflection off my glasses that I've been trying to fix, but I can't seem to fix it. So I'm hoping it won't be too much of a distraction. Well, we're here in Advent, which is a season liturgically and spiritually of preparation. Prepare the way of the Lord, says the prophet. In the wilderness, make a path for the coming of your God. Some of us might be wondering, what exactly does this mean? What could it mean today for the Lord to come? And what does it mean to prepare the way? In Isaiah chapter 40, we hear the following. A voice says, cry out. And the voice is presumably the voice of God. And the prophet says, and here I think we can relate, the prophet says, what shall I cry? What exactly are you talking about, O God? Do you not know that the people are grass, that their constancy is like the flower of the field, that the grass withers, the flower fades, when your breath blows upon it? Surely the people are grass. In other words, with the prophet, we wonder, what's the point? Isn't life just going on as it always has? Isn't it all ultimately going to dust anyway? The generations come, the generations go. People live, people die. So what exactly are we supposed to say? What are we to cry out? Well, I like this about the Bible. You know, it's not just an answer book. The questions are all in there as well. The wrestling is there. The humanity is there all the way through. I can certainly relate to the prophet. What shall I cry? What are we being called to say this Advent? What are we being called to prepare for? What are we being called to expect? You know, what are we called to say to our neighbors? What do I say to my neighbor, Reg, um, when I meet him out on the sidewalk shoveling snow and when he says, wow, what's, what's the world coming to? What's, when's this pandemic going to be over? What, what do I say to him when he, I know he's dealing with social isolation? Cheer up, Reg. Um, something great is going to happen. The Lord is coming. What do I say to some young adults I know who have lost their faith in God, who are anxious about the world, anxious about climate change? What shall I cry? Well, here is what the Lord says in Isaiah in answer to the prophet's question. The Lord says, Get thee up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, Here is your God. See, the Lord comes with might, and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him and his recompense before him. 
He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs into his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. Well, hmm. I don't think this is going to work for Reg. And I don't think this is going to work for some of the young adults I know either. In fact, I'm sure it won't. Nevertheless, it's an interesting response. It's poetic. And uh, you may notice it has some contradiction in it. The Lord will come with might. His right arm will be uh, outstretched, will rule. There will be reward and recompense. And at the same time, he will gather the vulnerable lambs into his arms, hold them close to his bosom, gently lead the mother sheep. So I wonder what it means, what it could mean for our day. Well, moving now to the New Testament text. I'm sure that John the Baptist knew this passage from Isaiah 40 very well. And I'm supposing um, he took it to heart for his own time in first century Judah, a time when the people were living under Roman occupation. He too, like we are called to do in our own time, imagined himself as the prophet. Cry out, said the Lord to John. And John said to the Lord, what shall I cry? And the word of the Lord came to him, and the word that came to him was repentance. Call on the people to repent, said the Lord. Call them to repent for the forgiveness of their sins. And so that's what John did. And he included a ritual with it. He baptized people for the repentance of sin in the River Jordan. John also spoke of another one, a more powerful one, who was yet to come. But today, for the few minutes remaining in this homily, I want to focus on the first part, on the repentance. Now, I realize it could be one of those trigger words that turns some of us off, especially those of us who lived through the tent revival times or who grew up with a strict atonement theology. But I'd encourage you not to think of the word in that particular way connected as it has been to judgment and hell and all of that stuff. The word repentance is still a good one. It just needs to be reappropriated within a broader frame. Think of it in terms of personal responsibility. Instead of John telling the people about all sorts of stuff that's going to happen, stuff that God's going to do, um, how God's going to come with might and power, etc., he calls on them to repent. He calls on the people not to look out there, but to look inward to their own hearts. Don't look out there for what that person's doing, what that person's not doing. Don't get all wound up in what the government's doing or not doing. Look to yourselves, to your own hearts. That's where the Lord is calling you to start. That's how the Lord is telling you to prepare. Now, it's a message that implies 
that we are part of what God is doing and is going to do. What God will do or not do is somehow connected to us and to the state of our hearts. We have a role to play. God does not act independently from God's people. And that in itself is a significant message. So according to John, before I go out and deliver an announcement to Reg on the sidewalk, I had better look to my own heart. What is there within me that needs attention? What is there within me that may be obstructing the flow of God's spirit into the world? What might there be that is difficult for me to face and admit? Perhaps this is our assignment for Advent, to turn inward, to pray for a renewed spirit of honesty and humility, to humble ourselves before the Lord, and to let go of all that impedes God's love and compassion in our own lives, in how we live, in how we speak, in how we think, in how we respond to others. So let us pray. God, this Advent we pray for the gift of repentance, for a spirit of honesty and humility. Give us the courage to look into our own hearts and to confess our sin, the ways in which we block the flow of your love, the pain that needs to be healed, the deceptions we cling to about ourselves and others, the resentments we harbor. With the knowledge of your merciful compassion for us and the world, let us face and name these things that harm and let us offer them to our Savior, Jesus, who carries them for us and who carries them away when we choose to let them go. And then let us receive the grace and the power that will surely come. Grace and power to live and act with love and integrity in the public realm for the sake of your kingdom. Amen.